Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Pastor Don launched us on a series a couple of weeks ago now about how as Christians we have the ability to live from the inside out. So we can actually navigate and live in this world from in here instead of having what's going on out there mess us up in here. Does that make sense? Yeah. And in it, he really leaned into the power of prayer, how it's a weapon that we often don't use, but we have access to it. One of the things that he said was that prayer precedes freedom. There may be some things that you need some freedom from. Prayer precedes that. This is one of the best messages on prayer I've ever heard. If you haven't and you didn't get to, go back and listen to it. And then last Sunday, Pastor Cody swung the bat, and boy, how did he swung for the fences. He talked about the power of worship in our lives and how worship not only changes our attitude, but it changes our altitude, our perspective on things. Probably my favorite moment of the service, I was standing in the back, and we closed service with another worship song. And Pastor Cody and the team encouraged everybody to worship. And when they did, uh, I saw man after man after man doing this. Now I'm going to tell you right now, that's a game changer. If that was you last Sunday, I salute you. Well done. Because here's what we know. Warriors are worshipers. The battle you're facing is a man. The battles you will face and the battles that you lead because of the positions that you stand in, you got to be able to worship just because warriors are worshipers. And then today, I want to continue on this inside out piece with a piece that's very near and dear to me. Um, I want to talk about being able to access God's peace. I call it God's prescription for peace. Because that's what it is. He cares and he loves us so much that he actually took and wrote us a prescription with three things on it. That if we will do these three things, that when the F5 tornado hits your life, you can have his peace. And these aren't just words. This isn't just some talk that I'm giving. This is 32 years of experience as a Christian. 32 years where I, where I had the doctor say things like, uh, if your baby boy doesn't have this surgery, he won't survive adolescence. He just walked in the room, y'all. He's 21, almost 21. Yeah. In that moment, I needed some peace. I needed some peace. I've been there when the, when the doctor, because I just couldn't get over this pain, said, you herniated three discs, and you herniated the three you don't want to herniate, L2, 3, and 4, and you will never walk upright again, and you will never be without pain. I've also been the guy that got the phone call, Dad, they're deploying me to Afghanistan. I remember and it wasn't pleasant over there. And I needed some peace. 
I had to be able to be okay in here. And then I got the phone call after he got out. Dad, the FAA is offering me a job in South Carolina with my wife. And then they got pregnant and gave us a granddaughter that's 1,700 miles away. I love y'all, by the way. But that was okay, sort of, because we had my daughter and my bonus son and their two kids right here, and we got to see them, like, every day. Sometimes twice a day. Papa was all about the two-a-days. I'm like, this is football. We're doing two-a-days. And my daughter called and said, Uncle Sam is sending us Nevada for four and a half years. And we had to be able to access some peace. And that's what I want for you today. I want to walk out this prescription of peace. I want to give you something to be able to apply in your life when you get the phone call so that you're okay. And to do that, we're going to dive into his word in Philippians 4. If it's going to take you a second, you want to turn there, go ahead. But I want to open in prayer really, really quick. Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to deliver your word today. And Holy One, we set everything aside. No distractions. We position our hearts and our ears to hear from you. Father, we don't hear through filters today. We just hear your word for what it says. Speak to us. We ask you to speak to us so that we can leave this place different, changed, transformed from the way that we walked through the doors, my king. And then, Daddy, last but not least, I thank you for your anointing, and I ask for it now because you know, you know, you know, you know that my heart's cry is to always deliver your word in a manner that's worthy of your great name. Daddy, I ask you for these things, and I thank you for them in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 All right, y'all forgive me as I put these on. I hate that I'm in this season of life where if I want to talk to you and look at you, it looks like this. But if I want to read this, I got to do this. And then I can't see anything and get dizzy because everybody's blurry. But hey, it is what it is, right? I guess I got to get some peace. <laughs> Philippians 4. Uh, really quick, Philippians 4. Everybody who's ever sat with me in a meeting will go, you say that about every book of the Bible. <laughs> it's one of my favorite books of the Bible. <laughs> um, the Apostle Paul wrote this letter. He's sitting in a Roman prison in Italy, okay? And he's writing it to a church in Philippi, which is in a Roman colony, roughly seven to 800 miles away across the sea. Did you catch that I said Paul was in a Roman prison? He was in a Roman prison because he was a Christian and he was declaring the, the gospel. And he's writing to a church that's in a Roman colony. Kind of tells you what the climate was. They weren't real friendly towards Christians. And Paul's trying to give them something to hold on to because... It looks like the tornado outside, like they're being drug away and put in prison. The first three chapters of Philippians are all about joy, how to have joy that's unspeakable and unthinkable in those moments of life. Can you imagine sitting in a prison? Hey, have joy. What? Are you crazy? What are they putting in your food, man? And then he ends it in chapter four, and he gives us this, this prescription for peace. It's so beautiful. Philippians 4, starting in 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. 
Let your gentleness be evident to all because the Lord is near. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God. Notice he didn't just say peace. He said the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, then think about such things. And whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and get this, and the God of peace will be with you. You're dismissed. Man, that's heavy, y'all. As I said, in the last 32 years, I've had to learn how to apply that principle in my life to take this prescription for peace. Paul opens up and he says, don't be anxious about anything. I'm gonna give you some, some definitions of some words today, and what I want you to know that these are the definitions of the original Greek words. If you're in the New Testament, it was written in Greek. And here's why that's important. We have softened our language some, and sometimes our filter of a word is actually not really what that word means, and I don't want you to miss it, so I want you to get the real meaning of some of these words. So for example, I will say, I love my wife, but then I'll turn right around and say, I love Whataburger. Can those mean the same thing? If they do, they shouldn't. If you're my son that's down here on the front row, it means the same thing. That boy loves some Whataburger. Um, (laughs) I'll say, man, I love you, God. I love my pickup truck. Those can't mean the same thing, right? One of them is weightier than the others, and we do that when we read the Bible, unfortunately, because of what we've done to our language. So there's nothing wrong with this. It's your fault. Um, From the way... (laughs) And he says, don't be anxious about anything. That word anxious in the New Testament is a word that literally means don't fall to pieces about anything. Don't fall to pieces about anything. He knew that they were were falling apart, right? And he goes, wait a minute, I got a different way. I got a better way. And then he doesn't say, here, do these things and you'll have peace. He says, do these things and the peace of God. Ooh. If it's coming from God, it's got to be something better, right? And this is a word, this, this peace that's used in this, in this letter, in this place, coupled to of God, is a solely Christian word. It was not used anywhere else outside of the church. It was only used in reference to Christians. Only they could use this word. And it means the tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God, and now check this out, and content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is. Oh, come on, someone. And then there was a comma as if that wasn't enough. When all essential parts are joined together, comma, God's gift of wholeness. 
He said, look, you don't have to fall to pieces in here because our God is the God of peace. He has this ability to make you whole in here and put all the pieces together no matter what's going on outside your front door. Man, I need some of that. Do any of y'all need any of that? I don't know. Maybe y'all aren't paying five bucks a gallon for gas and your truck gets 14 miles to a gallon. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But to get to there, we have to understand that the world's peace, like it's when you're sitting at the lake and you watch the sun dip into the lake. That's peaceful. And it's good. Unless Hank Williams and his rowdy friends are next to you in that campsite. And then it's not so peaceful. But God's peace is different than that. You see, God's peace, this is what we're going to talk about now, God's peace is about the internal, not the external. It has nothing to do with the external. No matter how loud it is, how crazy it is, you can still have it internally. And here's the other thing about God's peace. It's rooted in the eternal not the past or the present. And what do I mean by that? It's a great question. You see, if you're a Christian and you've you've received God's gift of grace, the, the, the sacrifice that Jesus made, then you know that one day the ultimate tomorrow will happen. That because of what he did and because of your acceptance of that, then the ultimate tomorrow will eventually happen. And in the middle of that, there will be literally no more storms. And that will last forever. It's eternal. It's not temporal. Does that make sense? Okay. And then it says that it transcends or surpasses all understanding. It's exceedingly better than all understanding. And that's twofold. Man, I got to shift quick. That's twofold. The first is, is that in the middle of all of the, you can have peace. It just don't make no sense. The world would go, what is wrong with you? How do you have peace? It surpasses understanding. But then it also means this. It's pretty cool. It also means that in my flesh, I will try really hard to think about a way out of what's going on and how to, how to fabricate some peace in my world. Is there anybody else here that does that besides me? Okay. Thank you, Carmelita. It's saying that his peace is exceedingly better than what I could come up with in that moment. Come on, man. It's amazing. And then it says that it'll guard or protect. It's a term that means, it's a military term. And it means to hem in and protect our soul and our mental faculties. And I love that the Apostle Paul said (laughs) that it'll guard us in Christ Jesus. We're going to talk about that Christ thing in just a second. But appreciate this. Most of us think of Jesus with the lamb, right? And that's true. That's true. That's Jesus. But that ain't the only attribute of Jesus. You jump over in Revelation, you got this dude riding a horse, and he coming back to get his people. And nothing will stop him. 
That's the Jesus that hems us in and guards us in those moments. It's, it's military Jesus that says, no, 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 not, not with my kids. Uh-uh, it's not happening. And I love that Paul said Christ Jesus, not just Jesus, because Jesus is his name, but Christ is a title. Christ is a title that means Messiah, anointed one, the Savior. He's saying that in those moments, Jesus, you know, the Savior, he will show up and save. Man, that's a big deal, y'all. Somebody preach it for me. And it'll guard our hearts and it will guard our minds. And then here's the other thing that we touched on already. His peace keeps us from falling apart. His peace will keep us from falling apart when all of the craziness is going on. You ready for the three things you need to do? Okay, good, because I'm going to give them to you anyway. The first thing you have to do is you have to have a conversation with God. I know that sounds simple, but so many times what we're prone to do is to have a conversation with our neighbor, to have a conversation with our spouse, to have a conversation with somebody that doesn't know God, doesn't spend time with God, and we will try to have a conversation with them, or possibly we'll have a horrible conversation with ourselves. Man, this is always going to be messed up. It's never going to be any better. I'm never going to get to see them again. Why is this always? That's a horrible conversation to have. You got to have a conversation with him. And it gives us two ways to have a conversation with him. There's two types of prayer mentioned in this scripture. The first one is just simply says prayer. This is a Greek word. If you look it up, please feel free to fact check me, Google it, whatever. Don't use Wikipedia because that's a lie. Um, it's this Greek word that starts with a P and ends with an I, and it's about that long, and I can't say it. And because I'm hungry, all I can think of is prosciutto, and so it's, it's not that. Um, and it's this word that has such a powerful meaning. It, it literally means back and forth communication with God where we exchange our wishes for his wishes and in that moment that we do that, where we go, not my will, but yours be done. In that moment, he then imparts faith into us for what needs to happen next. Without that kind of prayer, there is no impartation of faith. Jesus prayed it in the garden. Lord, if you let this cup can pass from me. The cross ain't looking so pretty right now, Dad. But not my will, yours be done. And the Father gave him the faith to then take that journey, of which all of us are thankful. It's me, after I got off the phone with my daughter, when she said, Daddy, they're sending us to Nevada for four and a half years. Lord, I don't understand it, and I don't like it. But I trust you. You've got a better plan than I do. I don't get it, and I don't understand it, and my heart is broken but I trust you. You've never let me down. And it's going to be amazing somehow, some way. I trust you. Not my will, but yours be done, my king. That's exchanging your wishes for his wishes. Another way to say that would be to exchange your anxieties for his peace as he gives you the faith to trust him. Oh, man. Sorry, guys. And then the second type of prayer is what we call petitions. This is what most of us do really, really well. 
also called supplication, and it means relaying an urgent or felt need, right? We all do that really well. We got no issues with that one. It's like we're on the highway, got the cruise control set about 10 miles an hour faster than it ought to be, jamming out, just worshiping the Tree of Life worship album in your car, got your eyes closed, hands up. Open your eyes while you're driving. I've seen you. I just want you to know that. Only to then see those flashing lights in the rearview mirror. And you're like, petition time. <laughs> Jesus! I was just singing to you. I'm bawling in my front seat worshiping you. I know I'm speeding, but make him blind in Jesus' name. Let him drive right on around me. That Mustang's going faster. And they're driving a Ford. Get him, Jesus! We know that, right? And we've all done that. At least some of us have. Not me. <laughs> and while that's humorous and funny, but it is also when you sit down with the doctor, the doctor says, I talked to you about what I saw on that test. We need to have a conversation about that. Lord, I need you to touch my body. You're the healer, and I need it to happen. That hit me with a big, big word, Lord. I need your touch. I need your strength. And notice it says do that. That's healthy. It's good. But it's got to be coupled to that other thing. This thing where, you, where you're navigating this, this back and forth conversation, not just a, a urgent demand 911 list, but a, a conversation that flows back and forth between you and our Savior, where he can then impart some faith for the journey, the trip that you're on, some trust that, it, that I appreciate what the doctor said, but our God is a healer. You got to have that kind of conversation too. So those are the two pills of prayer and the prescription. And then here's the third piece, which I dare say for me, maybe not you, is usually the hardest. You got to give thanks. He said, present your prayers and petitions with thanksgiving to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your minds. And you don't want to give thanks in that moment. None of us do. You think I wanted to give thanks when my daughter told me that they were moving, when my oldest son told me the FAA gave me a job and it's 1,700 miles the wrong direction, I didn't want to give thanks. My flesh did not want to. I'm wearing the same flesh y'all are. When the doctor said, your wife's knee is blown out, we are going to have to rebuild that thing. I, I didn't want to give thanks, but I knew I needed to. Oh, Lord, I thank you that you're a healer. I thank you you're going to use this to amaze some doctors. Somebody's going to see my Jesus through this. You got to be able to give thanks. Because thanks, remember, it's about the internal, not the external. It's not about the word that the doctor said. It's about what you know his word says. It's about the internal, not the external. Because gratitude paves the way for his peace. You need to hear that. Gratitude paves the way for his peace. 
Once you've done these two types of prayer, if there's no gratitude in there, no thanksgiving, then there is no pathway for his peace to get to you on. So you may be doing those two kinds of prayer and you are nailing it, my man. You're spending three hours a day on your knees in the prayer closet gym. If there's no thanksgiving, that's why there's no peace. Because it takes every piece of the prescription to get peace. Miss one piece, no peace. I probably ought to stop before I get tongue-tied on that one. And then here's the cool thing for us as Christians. It said, with thanksgiving. This is another Christian term, y'all, that's in your Bible that only existed for those that belong to Christ. Here's what the word means. The giving of thanks for his grace. Y'all, of all people on planet Earth, if they take away our homes, repo our cars, and threaten to put us to death, can I still be thankful for his grace? Can I still be like, yep, you about to kill me. Thank you for doing me a favor, my man. I'm getting ready to experience Jesus face to face. I can still be thankful and give him thanks for his grace. And so can you. And I know that that is hard. I know it's hard. But you can do it. Otherwise, he wouldn't say do it. And this is twofold. So yes, there is this thing of grace where I can appreciate the price that Jesus paid for me, so now I get to inherit heaven. But there's another aspect to this grace. I also fully appreciate that if you take my life story, how I grew up, where I grew up, and all of those things, I shouldn't have the wife that I have. I shouldn't have the kids that I have. I shouldn't have the grandkids that I have. I shouldn't be standing on this stage talking to you about Jesus. Those things are also a result of his grace. I'll tell you a prayer I prayed three days ago. I was praying, and I won't lie. Listen, having peace doesn't mean you're not going to cry and it's not going to hurt some. It means you don't fall to pieces in the middle of it. Okay? Three days ago, my poor wife, her heart. <laughs> our babies are 1,700 miles different directions. And, and our other baby is deciding to stretch his legs and chase a job and a gal about two hours southeast Texas. And, and man, it hurts. And here's the prayer that I uttered. Daddy, thank you that it hurts. Because I'm thankful that I have a family to miss. And I'm thankful that I have a family that misses me. I don't deserve that. That's, that's your grace. It's a different perspective. It's true. Tony, change the air filters, man. I mean it. But it takes every part, every piece of the prescription to work. Now I want to shift gears really quickly because then at the end of this passage of text, Paul says, listen, I'm going to try to help you find some peace in the middle of what you're going through. And he said, if you'll do it, you'll have peace. But then he says something really profound. 
He lands this passage of text by saying, if you'll do these things, then the God of peace will always be with you. He's saying, look, let me help you get centered and anchored in some peace, but then let me give you a process to stay there. Like I need to be able to get centered and find peace, but truth be told, what I've learned in the last almost 32 years, it's just much better for me to stay there. Because I know the phone's gonna ring. I know it. I'm 51 years old. It's rang many times. And so I would rather in that moment when I go, hello, and I hear tears on the other end, daddy, I need to already be in a position to not fall to pieces. I don't have to, neither do you. So that's what we're gonna look at now because Paul gave us away. So how to stay guarded in his peace? You gotta shift your focus in verse 8, Paul gives us this list of things, and he says, meditate on these things. Shift your focus to these things. You've been focusing on what's going on out there. Stop it. Let me give you some things to focus on. He says, whatsoever things are true. For us, that word true means things that are consistent to and with what God says. Romans 8, 28, I know you're working it all together for the good, Daddy. Isaiah 53, I know I'm healed by your stripes. Lord, I thank you that your word says in Philippians, you're supplying all of my needs according to your riches and glory. If it costs $1,000 a month to fill up my truck, you're gonna supply it somehow. That's his truth. We gotta meditate on that. Noble, worthy of on adoration, the sacred opposed to the profane. We gotta stop thinking about profane stuff if we wanna stay in his peace. It's just whatsoever things are right, just in the eyes of God, things in harmony with his standard of holiness. Some of, us, some of us have gotten so distracted by what the world says is just and right that we have forgotten to filter what we say and think and feel through what God says is just and right because they are not synonymous. They are not the same thing. Y'all want me to move on from that one, don't you? It don't get any better, the list gets harder. <laughs> Whatsoever things are pure, holy because uncontaminated, morally clean. Well, that one's a lot of fun. If the things that we meditate on, the things that we allow into our mind that we chew on, if the actions and the things that we do look just like the folks that don't know Jesus, you will not stay rooted in peace. I am not talking to you about salvation right now. You cannot earn your righteousness. That is impossible. Jesus had to earn it for you. And then he gave it to you as a free gift because of his amazing grace. But he does say, if you look like them, you talk like them, you act like them, you're at the same place on Friday night as them, you're drinking the same things as them at the level they drink them, you're putting those things in your body like they put in, you will not be able to stay anchored in my peace. And that's what he wants for you, and that's what we want for you. Whatsoever things are lovely, pleasing, acceptable, things that are kind and gracious, admirable things spoken in a kindly spirit with goodwill towards others whatsoever things are excellent of any particular moral excellence modesty purity whatever things are praiseworthy worthy of praise pastor cody crushed that last week 
that one admirable, it specifically has to do with this thing right here. It talks about speaking goodwill into other people's lives. And I just want to say that we don't do that real well. God gave me something a few years back. And he said, it would be so much better if my children that are in America would learn to be Christian Americans as opposed to American Christians. Here's the difference. You see, as an American, I have the right to say whatever I want. Men and women have fought and died for me to have that right. I have the right to my opinion. And I have the right to scream that opinion at the top of my lungs on the street corner downtown or to put it on my Facebook wall if I so choose. But as a Christian, I do not. As a Christian, I am instructed to put a bridle in this thing and to control this because if I don't, it is a wildfire that will consume everything around me. And through the Holy Spirit, I have this thing called self-control. Some of us ought to use it a little more, self-included. If my words don't build up and encourage, I need to keep my big fat mouth shut. Even if my opinion's right. If I don't, I can't stay anchored to the God of peace. See, he's not trying to give us a book of do's and don'ts. He's trying to give us a process, a plan to escape the brokenness and the curse that exists in this world. That's what it's ultimately about. He's not saying don't have fun. He's saying, let me give you some peace. But you got to decide you want it. And then in verse nine, Paul says, if you've seen me, act, act that way. If you've seen me, if you've heard me talk, do what I said. Anything that I've taught you, put it into practice. He says, basically, I know I'm not perfect, but I'm trying my best to live a godly life. I'm trying to look more like him so that everybody around me can see him in those things that you've seen me do. Do those things. Live a godly life because a holy lifestyle keeps us closely connected to God and anchored in his peace. He says, if you'll do that, if you'll live like me, if you do what I said, and you'll apply these things, then you will stay closely connected. The God of peace will be with you. I used Pastor Cody earlier. I'm going to do it again. Thank you. Here's the, here's the that's right. We're going to like do the Eagles thing and play the good. No, we're not. Um, Y'all don't know what that is. It's not a bird. It was a band. Um, he says, look, when you live a holy lifestyle, it puts you here. There's an intimacy between us. And since he's the God of peace, if I'm this close to him because of my lifestyle, I can't help but encounter peace. I'm in the splash zone, right? But if I choose to do those other things and ignore them, every one of those things is a step this way. Now, I'm still saved. He still loves me, I hope. But I'm out of the splash zone. And so then I got to keep hustling to do this prescription for peace 
when I could have just chosen to stay right there. It's just, in my mind, it's just common sense. Albeit, I know it's hard. I do know it's hard. If it wasn't hard, it wouldn't say it in here, by the way. This gives us hard things. But all of this starts with the relationship with God. If you don't have God, if he's not the Lord of your life, if you've never asked him to be your savior, then you have never been able to experience that kind of peace. And this is not a sales pitch or a gimmick, y'all. I just want to tell you, if you don't know Jesus online or in this room, <laughs> you need to know Jesus. It's a mess out there. And you will be able to experience peace and calm and not fall to pieces in the middle of the craziest storms if he becomes your God. Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. 